Hello and welcome to another edition of the Liga Mekis Preview, brought to you by the Mexican Soccer Show. Today we're going to chat about the upcoming Clásico Regio, the Clásico Joven, León, Tigres, and much, much more to look forward to in the next few days. And help me out in the latest pod is Marianela Camelo. You might recognize her work covering Tigres, Tigres Femenil, and Liga Mekis Femenil for sites like Campeonas MX, Solo Tigres, and Express Football. Mane, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Excited to talk about what's going to happen this weekend because as a regia, uh, I know what the Clásico Regio means for everybody in the city. So I'm like ready to rock and roll with that. I was going to say, like, I mean, it's not even here in the rundown because, I, I, mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, we're going to prove the Clásico Regio, but like, how are you feeling? I want to know, like, for you, I mean, I, I know, like, you're you're now based out of Los Angeles, so, so you know, you're not, you're not, you're not in Monterrey, but like, how are you feeling just like, as a fan, like heading into this weekend, I'm feeling good. I think uh, um, I've seen the chatter around social media and on the WhatsApp groups uh, of Tigres, and you see like all the chatter that happens. That obviously, when you're in the city, you see it way more. But being able to be connected with the fans and like get that excitement up has been yeah. fantastic. I think, especially with. Uh, coronavirus going on right now you're focusing on kind of seeing that ambience because sure. probably even people in Monterrey are not seeing it in the streets either <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, but definitely people are, are are starting to heat up you know like you see both uh fan bases are are already going after each other on social media and it's it's exciting to see like that um that fire and that uh love for our Clásico because for us it's like almost sacred and it's like it, this is ours and you cannot take this away from us and uh, we're so excited and it's almost like it's funny because we're always like even include Santos in the mix like you're not invited <laughs> to the North party of uh, derbies and uh, but I, I'm feeling good I think seeing the last games of Tigres I think they're looking better for the weekend but you never know this game is always played with a different intensity because it's almost um the different ambience of trying to be the one who won the Clásico even if you yeah. maybe playing really bad during the tournament like the pride of winning that game is a, it, it means a lot so I think we're past a time where you had a good season if you won the Clásico and that's it for sure but it's still exciting to win that and and hold it like a badge of honor you know Oh, most definitely. And, let, and let's let's get into it. I mean, that's just the, the big game that we're going to talk about, talk about this uh, weekend. Obviously, there's another Glasgow that we're going to talk about. But I mean, Glasgow Regio is going to be this Saturday. Uh, and I mean, you talked a little bit how, you know, it, it seemed like you're a little paused right there. And, and at, at least for me, you know, someone who's, uh, you know, tries to look at all teams uh, from Liga Mekis at a level kind of like kind of perspective. I mean, it seems like things are getting better for Thigris. I mean, for one, you guys aren't allowing late goals anymore. Uh, for two, uh, <laughs> you're, the, the thing is too, just like it's not the most intimidating, you know, teams that you went up against recently. But you know, two nothing win over Santos, a three nothing win over Querétaro. I mean, that's those those are steps in the right direction after seeing some of the the issues, especially with those late goals that they just were allowing earlier this season. Yeah, and I think the fact that Nahuel is back is huge for us. Yeah. He has such an impact. And, I mean, I think there's some people who are aware of it and others who are aware but not of the ginormous impact he has. 
because he is the best goalie in the history of the team. He has such a strong personality and such a strong leadership in the field. And him not being in a couple or three games, I think it was, uh, had a huge impact because he brings that security and that know, like knowing that he's there, you kind of breathe that you know like it's going to be easier to hold the game because of that. And it affected a lot. And yeah. I think that because it, it's not a common thing we've seen from Tigres, but if we follow that line, we realize his absence did leave a ginormous hole in the team. And seeing him back and kind of starting to see the, the team shaping up better and kind of leaving the coronavirus stuff behind that, you know, hopefully no more players get coronavirus. That's been messy. Uh, seeing the, the, like Diente Lopez having good games, even though yeah. I don't think he's going to be starting this weekend. Um, I think we're finally starting to see like how the team is going to shape up and how it's going to look better. And last game showed us what when you have uh, Diente and Guignac up front is going to do. They they did have a, a good match. And you can't base a whole analysis in one game, but it is for right. sure exciting to see that Diente has responded well in the two games he's been at with goals, which is obviously the holy grail of forwards. And I don't know. I think if, if we start seeing him be more present in the field, we're going to see a better uh, better performance by Tigres. Okay. Uh, I think the defense, obviously, you know, this whole thing with Salcedo, which I actually think he's been playing better. Yeah, he uh, has. He has, yeah. Uh, I think just shaping that, Tigres doesn't have the defense that it used to have back in 2011 to, like, what, 2016, 2017? Mm -hmm. You know, Juninho, uni, uh, it just, um, it's just different. It's not the defense we're accustomed to. But it's exciting to see that Salcedo is performing well, especially because that lack of communion between the, the fan base and him. And, you know, like all his personal problems that I think had an influence on his performance. But I think it was a very rocky start for, for sure. But I think a lot of teams had rocky starts. Yeah. And, uh, even Rayales, if you compare the numbers, we have the exact same numbers of win, loses, ties. And even goal scored. The only thing we're different is like the amount of, of goals received. Like Tigres only received, well, not only, but Tigres has received 11. Rayados has received 13. And that's why Tigres is in sixth place and Rayados in seventh. Um, but it shows you that both, actually, both teams had a really rocky starts. And Rayados was rocky since last season. But I think the, the Tigres fan is anxious because. They're used now to seeing the team perform well and go well and go to Liguilla. You know, it's been years since last time we weren't in a Liguilla. So I think we need to remember and everybody needs to remember that this is a very weird season. It's not yeah. common and we can't expect the same results that we would see in other seasons because like everything is thrown out the window if coronavirus gets a player like it happened with Nahuel, you know, it's just um, um, it's one of those things that, that makes it complicated. But I don't know. I think, again, I think Tigres comes better because Rayados didn't. I don't think he, their last game was the best, uh, but it's going to be an interesting game to see for sure. And, and especially because I think a lot of people who are not from Monterrey are starting to look at it. 
because of both teams having a fantastic roster and um, because of their worth money-wise and on the amount of money they have invested in their teams. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what I've been saying in like recent years, like I- I've said this and people who are you know, regular listeners to the pod know this, but I say that the closest Liga Mekis can have to an all-star game, and obviously they were going to have an all-star game against MLS uh, this year, but, you know, a lot of things went out the window. Yeah. But, the cl- but the closest you could get to an all-star game in Liga Mekis is a game between Thigidis and Rialdos. Honestly, I think that's yeah. the closest that you could really get just because the amount of just talent, just the incredible amount of talent that are on both teams. And I think, as you mentioned, these... This season, yes, it's very weird. It's very odd. And just you see the impact of COVID-19 and whatnot. And either way, these two teams are incredibly close when it when it comes to their numbers, when it comes to their goals scored. But I think if I were you, another thing I'd feel confident about is that Cesar Montes is not going to be available for Rayados. Uh, he earned a red in the, uh, in, the, in the latest win over San Luis. So now you, you kind of have questions about what does that mean for Rialdis's back line? Is it going to be Nico Sanchez with Sebastian Vegas? Is it going to be a five-man back line with Stefan Medina? And I think something that was interesting too, when I was looking at some of the numbers with Rialdis, is that you know they, they've allowed a goal in every single Liga Mekis match they've had this year. You know, in every right. single game they've had this year, they've allowed a goal. I mean, yeah, in many of these games it was just it was just one, it was just maybe two, but it says a lot about how. You know, there, there, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, especially defensively, you know, with this team. And yes, some of their recent games, it looks like they've been a little bit better with the win two draws. But I don't think they necessarily played well in those games. So so if I had to pick, I would say Degadis have a slight advantage here. I mean, I know they're technically the visiting team, but there'd be no fans in the stadium. So who knows who really has an advantage over the other? So I, I would say Degadis have the slight advantage, but... You, you, you never really know in this Glasgow Regio series, because if you look at the recent games, it's never it's never one sided, like, you know, three nothing wins you know, or like four to one. And you never see score lines like that. I think maybe there might have been something like that a few years ago. But if you look at, I don't know, like the last six or seven games, it's one to ones. It's one zero, yeah. maybe a two zero zero zeros. They're really, really, really tightly contested, low scoring, almost really intense chess matches. I would just, I, I think that's the way you, uh, that I would describe it. Just like very, very intense chess matches, you know? And, and, and I think you, you see a lot of, sometimes you see a lot of drama in the stands, but I think when it comes to drama on the field, it, it you know, it's, yeah, you might see a red here or there, but I, I think it's, it's, they're very, very, very intense chess matches. How I would describe this series. And I think it's going to be another very, very close one. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. There's this guy who writes on Twitter, Rafa Datos, who always is tweeting about, different statistics and information about both teams and and he was saying that this like, like from all classicos from mexico this is the one that's like the closest you know the yeah. one that's yeah emparejado how would you say that yes. like you know it's most equal it's like the most equal it's most even yeah, yeah. it's most equal yeah. even yeah yeah like you know if you see the numbers tigres has won 43 times uh rayos has won 41 38 ties and one suspended that's crazy that's like right after each other, you know, because me growing up, I would see that Santa Rayas was on top and then Tigres pass and then Rayas is just like this constant passing each other, which shows you the quality of the of the of the classical. You know, it's not um I guess now the war between the fans, like it's evolved 
through time. Mm -hmm. Before it was like, you were just focused on who won the Clásico because none of the teams would win anything. Then Rayal started winning a lot, and they're like, I've won the most, right? And then Tigres won Mm -hmm. more leagues and then won that uh, final Regia, and they're like, I won the first final in your stadium. But then Rayados won the, the Conca Champions. So now it's the war between which final was more important, right? Which only shows you the level. Like me yeah. up, as I said, just talking about who won this particular game and thinking it was your victory and that made you better is crazy. And now seeing like we we uh, played each other in two finals already in just a very small amount of time and important games and I, I think for me personally, that's excited because people can't say anymore like, oh, only people from Monterrey ca- care about this game. I don't think that's true, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I mean, maybe, I, I don't know, I'm talking about people in Mexico and you can tell me more of people here in the U.S. who are Mexican-Americans, a lot of Americans who follow the league. Like, I don't know if people uh, check out those games or if it's the same, like you, you put more emphasis on a Chivas America game, right? No, I think, I think when you look at, uh, I mean, when you look at ratings, obviously they Chivas America games tend to be bigger. Cause I think, you know, you know growing up, you, you know, I did have more of like, you know, friends who were would root for, for Chivas in America, but at least from my understanding as someone who grew up in the U S I think I still saw, and I still continue to see Monterrey and Tigres as, you know, as a very, very important series. And I think maybe, I don't know, maybe, I guess throw the question to you, maybe it's more so of a Mexico thing to think that just, oh, well, the only people who care about uh, Monterrey versus Tigres are people from the north or from Monterrey. Like, you, if, if you're from that region, you're the only ones who really care. Because for some other reason, I get this idea that just like, well, you know, if you're outside of that region, you really don't care about that series. But me here in the U.S. as a Mexican-American, I was like, no, I I think that's a pretty big series. I think it's pretty exciting. I think they're. I think it's very, very big. So at least from my perspective, and I wonder if a lot of Mexican other Mexican Americans or many other Mexican Americans feel the same way. But I think they also recognize it's a big series. But maybe it's more so of a Mexico thing to kind of have this perspective that oh, only people from this part of the country care about the rivalry. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I just think it's interesting because it's also a war of regions in Mexico. Like, you want to say, right, right. oh, people only care about because we're Mexico City and it's the center and it's the biggest one in the country. Like, listen, somebody who knows about soccer is going to be interested in all the Clásicos in the country, like a Chivas Atlas or a Clásico Joven or, you know, you're interested because you know there are important rivalries and because those games are played differently. Yeah. And I think now, especially with Monterrey, in the past where both teams were bad and you didn't have any exciting players, really, I would understand that. Like, yeah, you're not offering good soccer, uh, a, sh- a good soccer show. It's But now you have Funes Mori, you have Guignac, like you have all these big names that are insanely talented players. And of course, like, who would say you're not interested in that? Are you kidding me? Like, of course you... I mean, at least that's how I perceive it. Maybe there's some people who truly only care about watching the games of the team they follow, and that's completely fine. But I think it's a thing of the past to be saying that nobody cares about this Clásico. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I definitely. You see it even in the media. You know, you see that both teams are even more covered by the media, and it's because people are interested about it. So, 
I don't know. It's like a, it's a funny phenomenon, but I think yeah. it's natural that each country has its, you know, it's like here West Coast against East Coast, you know, it's just like who's better. It's the same thing back home, the North, the center, the South. And it's just, um, I don't know. I hope people don't miss out because they're on that pride thing of I don't watch anything that has to do with the North kind of attitude. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little different. I think people kind of I think people kind of like more so. Uh, than in Mexico, at least from my perspective, it's kind of, yeah, there are more Chivas America fans that watch Chivas America games, but I think everybody kind of sees Liga Mekis as more of a whole, you know, just kind of like a, one, more of a group, more of a, more of a group kind of thing. And I, I think because of that, they'll still watch this game. But, but I think it's, I mean, the, but the rivalry, I mean, it's, it's interesting to say how you, how it's like evolved and whatnot. <laughs> kind of, and I just thought of something kind of funny in my mind, like maybe in the future, you know, also Tigres and Realis fans would be like, well, we have more Leagues Cup victories. Like, well, we have more Campeon de Campeones victories. Right. Like, well, we've won the Campeones Cup against... <laughs> exactly. It's just so funny. But it's it's great banter, again, because you are bantering about trophies, not about stupid stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, I just... I just love it. I love that that banter exists. I obviously there's a healthy kind of banter, and there's one that's not healthy at all that you right, also right, see right. on social media. But I, I, I think soccer in the city has evolved to something better, and fans are starting to realizing and playing with it. And yeah. fans also are becoming more like uh, exigentes. You know, like they want more from their team. They want it's like, hey, now that I'm used to winning everything. I'm not going to forgive you if you give a bad game, you know? You see it a lot in the WhatsApp groups or even on Twitter. Fans don't, like, they can't stand when the team doesn't play well a game. And I think nobody can, but before you were so used to seeing the team play loose all the time, that now that you've seen what glory tastes like and championships and that you know you have an amazing squad that has the capacity of giving you good uh, soccer matches, then, yeah, you're not going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to accept this but at the same time you're not being aware like hey sometimes teams have rocky starts the important thing is what happens at the end of the season and we don't know this team always surprises this is a kind of team that can have like a mas o menos you know a um tournament and then when liguilla comes they just skyrocket and we've seen it through endless tournaments in the past and how many, even the last championship they won, they had such an irregular season and they won. And I think honestly, now, now it had a lot to do with it. Um, <laughs> but, um, I think the fact that they're winning, even though they're being not the most regular or not giving their best soccer shows the quality of the team. And uh, I think you were right at what you were saying earlier. This team is starting to get old. And the most important thing for Tigres right now is learning how to do the transition between starting to get fresh blood and then letting go of certain players that sure gave you a lot of happiness, but it's maybe time for them to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you're talking about, you know, fans being demanding. So as you a demanding fan, what do you think is uh, is going to be the scoreline here? What's your prediction for the Glasgow Vecchio? Because I'm going with the... I think it's going to be close. I think even even though I was just like, oh, there might be some problems with Rayados. I don't trust their back line. At the same time, though, I think I think all those stats and whatnot, we could you know, we could even dive into XG statistics about who has a better side and whatnot. All that gets thrown out of a window yeah. in, in Glasgow's, and I think it's going to be a one-to-one draw. That's what I'm going with. I don't know. What do you think? I know it's tough for you because you're a fan. But... All right. I mean... 
I wouldn't be surprised, even though, I mean, Jensen isn't giving his best performance. He's going to be out due to injury as well. Um, I do think Tigres is either going to win 2-1 or 3-1. Oh, 3-1. I mean, that'd be pretty big when you consider some of the recent results. I, 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 I think if Diente comes into the field, we can see that. It all depends on what Tuca decides to send to the field, you know? Because <laughs> the, the people are like, well, uh, and that's a big complaint with fans. Like, we score once, and then it's almost like we don't want to score again. We just go all the way back. But last, the last game didn't show that. It's just yeah. about the players who are in the field. I don't think the players say, oh, I scored one, I'm done. I think it's like this mentality of, uh, maybe you don't have the best players on the pitch and they're not as driven as they should, but then you get the uh, fresh blood like Diente and um, Leo who are new and haven't experienced what it's like to win with Tigres, then yes, you get a bigger score. So it's all going to depend. I, I don't know. It's I, I mean, people are already saying what 11 is going to go out, but I don't know if it's going to be there. It, it seems like they're going with a a back line of three people, which is pretty risky, but yeah, who knows? This is obviously made by uh, people who think that's what's going to be, but we're never going to know. Duca can change something last minute like he's done before. Um, but I do, I, I really, really hope we do see Diente and that we don't see Aquino in the field as well. Yeah, well, I mean, Aquino got injured in the last game, right? I, th- I thought he went off uh, as injured, so he he's, he might, might not be available forever correctly, right? Correct. He's not, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's not going to be there. I almost, like, say, like, I don't I don't want to see him constantly on the field, not just in the game. <laughs> I, I think his level has gone way down. I don't yeah. know if it's because he's distracted or because his time is over, but I don't I don't think he's... He's... Um, the player he used to be before. So yeah. agreed. Agreed. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Let hopefully Tuca surprises us with something beautiful so people are not angry at him like they are now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the other classical uh coming up this weekend. Uh, I got the classical Hoven between Cruz Azul and America. Uh Mane, I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this because I have a question for you. I mean who has more to lose in this one? Is it Cruz Azul or, or America? Like, who would really be hurt the most by, by getting a loss here? I think Cruz Azul. I think because of their history with America, um, they need a win, but also because of the tournament they're doing. They're having a good tournament. America, I feel like it has had a rocky tournament like Tigres and Rayados. And... Um, I always think that you almost expect Cruz Azul to lose now because of the recent history of their games. Mm-hmm. And it's almost urgent for them to earn it. But at the same time, I think of what Amer- I think America fans are like Tigres, where they don't just accept what you give, they want to win everything. And I think that could mean like a big obviously nobody wants to lose the Clásicos but I still believe Cruz Azul has more to lose in this game yeah no I would I would definitely agree and uh, I think I, th- I think luckily for them though I mean I mean yeah we, we can go into uh, th- their narrow wins I mean the, the fact that 
you know, they, they barely got a win over Mazalan, barely got a win over Cholos, uh side that hasn't exactly been that convincing. You know, that might not be the best you know, sign for them, but I mean, they're just an absolutely stacked team. I mean, they, I mean, as long as Santiago Jimenez and Cavacito Rodriguez are scoring, they seem to be, do, they seem to be doing fine. You know, Luis Romo has been really fun to watch and support. I mean, then you have a long list of talented names like Orbelin, Elias Hernandez, Chuy Corona, Cato Dominguez. I mean, it's just, there's just so much support that they have uh, within that squad. But I think that, yeah, I think, I think the, I think my only worry for them is their, that those recent narrow wins they had, but at the same time, maybe it has more to do with their opponents, you know, yeah. Mazatlan and Cholos. I think they're a little bit more, I don't know if it's like adventurous, mercurial. I don't know. It's just, I, I think they're, they could be a little bit more surprising. They could be a little bit more hot and cold than other Liga Mekis teams. Uh, so maybe that's why teams. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, sorry to interrupt you, no, but no, I no, think go for it, go like, for it. Because you don't know what to expect from them because sometimes they give you a great performance, sometimes they don't. And I think these teams tend to give a great performance with the bigger teams Yeah, yeah. than what they do with the, the lower teams, which we kind of are seeing that's happening in the female league as well. It's just that extra motivation to beat America, to beat Tigres, to beat Rayados. And and uh, and they, they great, great performances, but then they play somebody equal to them or lower and they don't, I don't know if they feel like they're invisible because of the kind of games they've been giving or because it's something that we see a lot in soccer. There are teams that are not constant ever and yeah. they never make it anywhere because of that. And I think it's the most common thing that happens in most teams. And the reason why certain teams have been successful for decades is because they have been constant. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I think, again... Um, I think because of the of the crisis that's going on with the Medi- I wouldn't call it crisis, but kind of like the what's been going on with that a kind of divorce between uh, Piojo and the fan base, right. kind of you know at least what I perceive. They're not expecting much of him, and that's why I think if America loses, like I'm I'm not gonna say they kind of expected it, but if it happens, they're gonna get angry, of course. But if Cruz Azul can't beat this America, then what? You know, it's. What do you have? Especially, I, I yeah. Point of view, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially with the too. I, I, I feel like I mean, it's just the constant conversation I, I have about them. But I just don't know how healthy some of their players are. You know, in the last game, you know, the, I mean, yeah, they they should be feeling confident after beating Chivas one nothing. You know, but I mean, you know, Vinyas, you, is he going to be back? You know, he was on on the, uh, he, he he didn't get any minutes in the last game. Is Aguilera gonna be ready? I mean, yeah, you know, sure, Gio, Gio dos Santos got the goal in the last game, but he's not exactly reliable. Yeah. So you're you're looking at at Medica defense who were already a little bit more fragile after Bruno Valdez uh, suffered an injury. Now you might not have Aguilera, so I don't know who steps in. Do you have to go with with a youngster like back there, maybe with Gasades? So I think that coupled with Grusasul's attack, which has looked pretty good with Jimenez and Gavisita, and you think, yeah. you, know, you know, maybe maybe Grusasul have a have a good chance here. But I will say, all that said, I mean, <laughs> Henry Henry Martin hasn't been bad up top for Medica, and I, I think I, I think Ochoa, I think he should be playing at a little bit of a higher level, but he's still he's had a decent season so far, and I think he was good against Chivas. So I think I think at the same time, Medica can also like 
potentially have a couple game changers if if, Mar- if Henry Martin gets a goal or two, if Ochoa has you know, some good saves. I, I think that could help decide the result too. Yeah, and I, I honestly, and, and as I mentioned earlier with uh, Clásico Regio, these games are different. You can be playing like a really right. bad tournament, and I think America has that psychology of knowing that Cruz Azul is like, yeah, it's a team we beat. It's like the team we know, uh, you know, the famous saying of San Misijos, you know, like, yeah, right, right. I, I think it's almost like they, they uh, flip a switch. And that's why I think it, it's expected for them to win. But I'm also, I, I don't know, I, I feel Cruz Azul is going to win this one. Um, but I could be wrong, but it, it's just hard to say because, again, it's, it's all based on what I've been seeing through the tournament, but this is going to be a different game. This is unique. This goes up. And I almost say that Clásico Joven has gathered more following and more interest in the in the last years. You know, yeah. growing up, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hear a lot about wanting to watch America Cruz Azul, at least in Monterrey. You would talk about Chivas America or even an Atlas Chivas. But lately, I see a lot of people talk about that one. And again, it's because of of the history that's been written between both teams. But um, I do think it's going to be a hard one. I don't think it's going to, like, maybe, as you said, it could end up in the tie even. Um, but we'll see. It, it, it's definitely one I don't think people should miss. Yeah, yeah, definitely shouldn't miss. And obviously, yeah, I think something that's definitely helped the notoriety of it was that incredible final uh, between the between the two teams in 2013 2013 right i'm sure making sure i'm getting that right yeah. but uh but yeah obviously something like that uh obviously well, helps so to get <laughs> yeah right even if you're not a crystal fan you're like that that hurt you know it's just <laughs> so bad Ugh. i don't know poor people <laughs> All right, so let's let's talk about uh, the next game they're going to keep an eye on. Uh, so that's um, San Luis versus Leon. And basically, honestly, the reason why I want to bring up Leon, and and I, sh- I guess that's a little bit of a Freudian slip right there, because the reason I want to bring up this game is what I meant to say, is because of Leon. And the reason I'm going to bring up Leon is just for two reasons. I mean, number one, uh, the fact that they were able to to snap Bumas' undefeated streak. And number two, I feel like, just really quickly, Bonnie, I don't did you see... Leon's new complex that they're building. I feel like that's incredible. The new training yeah. facility. What are your yeah, thoughts I, of that? I thought that was really cool. I'm I'm excited. I know the rent was due with the stadium they're currently at. So they, the fact that they announced is, I think, a breather for the fan base because I know they were expecting it. But I think they did such a wonderful job on showcasing the event and of making the fans excited. You know, because I think Leon is doing well this tournament too. He they're. I believe, are they still in the top, right? Um, it, I think they've got to be second place, last I checked. Uh, yeah, like second, yeah. first place. Yeah, they're second place. Cruz Azul is number one, America number three. Um, I think that cope with the team performing well plus the announcement of a new stadium is a ginormous boost for the fan base. I think it's like the perfect time to a new, announce a new stadium because can you imagine announcing a new stadium when your team is barely performing? People wouldn't react the same. Yeah. And I think even social media wise and how they, they did a campaign to announce it was really nice. And I actually enjoyed how they, they brought in the, the players from the women's side as well to be part yeah. of it. Uh, yeah. And even uh, the the founder of Campeonas MX 
Tatiana, who works for Leon, was one of the presenters of the project, which was super exciting to watch as well and made me really proud of her because I know she she uh, she has a lot of passion for all of this and just seeing her being part of this historic moment and uh, I, I just like to see that that clubs are evolving and looking for new venues if needed and I just think that's going to be a, a, a beautiful stadium that I hope creates a, a fantastic history for the team. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool just to see that investment they're making. And then you see like the new training facility and them announcing it's so, like the university they're going to be building within the training facility. And I mean, I mean, you, you kind of see, I mean, it's basically the same ownership group, let's be real, as Pachuca. But you've seen what Pachuca have done, you know, with uh, you know, what they've done with their facility. And you, it's pretty cool to see uh, what Leon are doing as well. But all that said, I have no idea how it took them forever to create an official website, which they haven't updated. I don't know if you've gone actually on their no. official website for Leon. It took a while <laughs> for them to actually put up their website, but obviously they don't link to it on their Twitter account anymore because there's st- it's probably still under construction. But yeah. when you when you go, <laughs> if you because I was like I googled like uh, Club Leon sitio oficial, just like their official website, and you click on it, and they're still promoting the the CCL game against LAFC. Um, oh. so, <laughs> just, yeah, so they, I, got, they, they gotta update that they gotta update that <laughs> yeah they do yes especially now with the announcement of the stadium hopefully yeah. they do you never know maybe they are working on another website and yeah, that's why that's... they moved it but um interesting <laughs> <laughs> i mean but on the field i mean I, the reason i, I, well, I kind of wanted to bring them up too is just you gotta give them credit for i mean ending Pumas's undefeated streak they got a two nothing win on monday you know, and, and I think honestly, at the end, I know it's, I know it's a little bit of a, I don't know, like uh, it's a little easy for anybody to make predictions, not the beginning of the season, but like 11 games into the season now. So anybody could say this, but I don't know. I, I think it's going to be Leon, not Cruz Azul, who finished the regular season in first place. You know, I, I criticize in the past for getting everything right other than scoring, but they've been doing plenty of that in recent games and I've been incredibly impressed by them. So I know. I, all I'm saying here is, sorry, San Luis. This is just an, another opportunity for Leon just to just to get another win. Yeah, I mean, I think they will. You're even seeing uh, San Luis is number 17 right now. So Leon is at the top. Uh, San Luis is all the way on the bottom. And it's interesting because I think the Tigres game with Leon, we were all looking forward to it because we knew it was going to be a good match because of what Leon is doing. Um but it's funny to see even like this, uh, like La Tabla is just uh, even seeing that both uh, like America had a rocky start. It's still number three, which yeah. shows you the kind of team it is. And then the fact that Pumas has been doing so well, and it's number four. You're still in like a good area and a good zone, but it's all like this game. And I I think, again, this is like a weird tournament, even in the, in the males uh, section, but... Cruz Azul and León have been teams that have been doing a good job in the last few tournaments. Mm-hmm. So it's not surprising to see them on the top. Uh, the problem is they haven't been able to finish those amazing yeah. tournaments. And uh, obviously, as a fan of another team, I don't want them to win. You want your team to win. It's different if your team has already been kicked out of the playoffs. Then, sure, yes, then you can be like, oh, I would like this team to win or whatever. I think... Um, uh, I don't know. I, I, I even struggle to think who's going to win the tournament as a whole. 
Um, especially because of how Liguilla changed this season, that it's going to be 12 teams, which kind of makes it even more complicated. Um, I think it's going to be full of surprises. And uh, I don't know. I- I'm excited to see what's going to happen. But I think what we're seeing in this tournament is going to be thrown out the window. At least that's my perception. And uh, maybe I could be completely wrong, but... Um, I don't know. I, I do hope to see Leon give a good performance, like you said. I mean, obviously, we won the final against them, and they gave us, like, a, a big fight. It was one of the hardest, I think, finals in that sense. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good a good game for Leon to showcase and to celebrate the announcement of the new stadium. But I do think Leon is going to finish in the top three, at least. No, agreed, agreed, agreed. So now let's move on to our next section. I have five questions here about Thetis. I've given, honestly, they're pretty simple. Or maybe they're simple. I don't know. You'll decide. Um, <laughs> first one's pretty easy, though. Um, so here it is. So out of 10, so just one through 10, give us a rating for Thetis' season so far. Mm, I will give them a six. Okay. I don't think they passed the test yet. They're getting closer. Um, I think they began as a four, and now they went up to a six. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So almost passing, but not passing. Correct. All right, all right. So now here's the second question. You have to do one or the other. So the first one is you either replace Tuca Ferretti, or the second is you either have to replace five players over the age of 30. Oh, <laughs> I uh, like right now, you mean, right? Yeah, uh, right now. Like, 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 it's just like you would have to do it like literally like today. Like, I don't know how much they'd be paying you to be doing this, because if so, like, I, I would love to find out how much they'd be paying for just uh, a fan to be doing this. But <laughs> I mean, if they if they sent you an email right now, I'd be like, all right, it's up to you. You have to get rid of five players who are uh, who are over the age of 30 or you have to get rid of Thuka. It's up to you. Five players. Five players. Yeah. Dang. Instead of Thuka. So you think, I mean, obviously, I guess it's a very dumb question to say. So you think Thuka is that important? Oh. Obviously, he's that he's that important when you look at other League of Mikey's managers. But what, okay, ooh, ooh, here's a curveball. One of them has to be Gignac, though. Would you be willing to do it? If one of the five, no. No, I wouldn't ooh. put Gignac on those five. No, no, no. Okay. I, that makes it tricky. <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> it's not a dumb question. I think it's smart. But I know people, what they're saying with the anti-Tukis, Tukas and Protukas, you know, people would obviously yeah. melt in this ginormous conversation. I don't, I mean, if Gignac was in the packet, I wouldn't get rid of him. Um, but if he wasn't, then yes, for sure, the five players. And I say it, if I, if I may explain why, is because I don't think, I wouldn't switch Tuka right now because maybe I'm getting too into details because I, they're still not a solid uh, plan for when he leaves. Because I want when Tuca leaves, you already have Tuca number two, somebody who stays for many years and has a solid plan and a vision for the team. And if you just switch Tuca right now, it's just not going to do that. You're just going to mm-hmm. like get the team lost and try to get somebody right away to cover for his absence. And seeing what I've seen through the years of Tigres, I think the best thing that's happened to the team is to have a stable project with a stable coach who has a vision of what the team and for the president and everybody involved in the team supporting the coach. Uh, 
So I think that's my train of thought. I do think Duca's time is coming to an end, um, but not yet. So I okay. get entered on on saying those things. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that leads me up to my next question. So you have to finish this sentence. Well, I guess this isn't a question, is it? Whatever. I'm choosing rules here. All right. So you have to finish this sentence. Duca Ferretti's last year with Tigris will be in the year. 2022. 2022. He's going to continue not only. Wow. So through all of early 2022 or late 2022. I guess it doesn't matter. You think he's going to stick around that long? I think so. Because I think he's. I I think his uh, contract is due. uh, It's over in 2021. But I do believe they're going to give him another year. That's that's what I think. I. It would be funny if all of a sudden he's out and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> but I think that they're they're gonna extend him a little more uh, while they decide what to do. Okay, okay, okay. So just two more questions here. Uh, so here's the first of the two. So you have to choose one starting player from Tigres and one starting player from Rayados, and they have to switch. Who, who uh, are the players that, you have to, that that you're switching? I know it's a little bit of a curveball, but they have to be they have to be like players at least who like. I don't know. You, you can't you can't say something just like, well, he's had one start this season, but just like actual go to starters that you would switch from from Rayados and you have to switch one for, uh, from Tigres. Do they have to play the same position, though? <sighs> no, I guess not. I guess not. Okay. I, I, okay, I shouldn't make it too tough. <laughs> um, ooh, I would switch. Uh, probably Diego Reyes. Um Mm, and bring Vincent Jansen. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Would you would you start Jansen next to next to Gignac or have or Jansen on the bench? No, I would start him next to Gignac. I oh. think that would be a good association. Yeah. Don't kill me, people. <laughs> I, I just uh, an opinion. <laughs> well, so I, I guess I really made that question easy. I, mean, I already I already asked the question, so I can't go back on it. I should have said it has to be the same position, but it's because okay. <laughs> <laughs> you said Di- you said Diego Reyes, and I was like, ah, oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, final question. Uh, you just have to give me your favorite Duca moment. Just, just your, your favorite Duca, because there, there's so many good Duca, Duca moments out there. I mean, just when he got the red card, hid behind the chair of him, <laughs> uh, the viral video of him yelling at the players for a bit, left the press conference, that sh- shaved his mustache for all three. I don't know, what, what, what's your favorite Duca moment? I think there's a couple when he's in the training camp and trying to explain to the players how to kick the ball. And he's like, yes. and I sit with a prothesis, you know, like, what's the word for prothesis in English? I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah. know. How to, yeah, but yeah. you know what I'm talking about. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then when he was at the press conference and he like crazy and like he stormed out and he just like got angry. Which, as a journalist, I don't appreciate. I don't think that's cool. But it's so tuka and it's like so pure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's very him, and it's just become such a wonderful meme. It's like, how can you not love that moment? <laughs> So, it's a pretty great moment. <laughs> yeah, so I would say those two. So those two, I mean, that's those are definitely a good one. I oh, do you want to hear something kind of um, uh, sad though? So the one where he says, I guess, I guess that'd just be the prosthesis. Yes. I guess. Yeah, I guess it'd just be the prosthesis. Because I, I was like, is it something? Because I was thinking, because I, because like, what I was thinking was like more so of just like 
don't know, because I guess like what I'm thinking of is just like it would be more so of just hitting it with your laces. I guess that'd be a good or better way of like translating it with yeah. like your laces, because that's what I guess I would say. But anywho, anywho, yes. Yeah, so that one viral video, so ever like posting it, uh, I'm being like, ah, oh, blah, blah, like favorite, like Luca moment. And like, because, you know, we've all shared that video at one point or another where he's yelling at his players and then they they cross the ball over to him. He shoots it and then he just he's like yelling at his players and just cursing out loud. That's uh, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Hercules Gomez uh, responded to that video. Um, and according to Hercules Gomez, and I think he was actually in, uh, he must have been in the training. He said that Tuca didn't actually score. He shot it. Didn't mean, I think we all assumed that it, that it went into the back of the net that he scored, but he just hit it. He didn't actually score, which is kind of disappointing. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, I don't, I think when I saw it, my perception is he was trying to show the players how to kick the ball more than to score. Yeah, because for some odd reason, in my mind, I thought that, like, he was like, oh, like, for some odd reason, in my mind, I think a lot of us were just like, oh, that incredible moment with Duca. And then he shot the ball and scored. I don't know why we all assumed that he scored. I don't know why yeah. I assumed that he scored. Why are you taking magic away from us? Yeah. <laughs> Blissful ignorance. <laughs> but anywho, but anywho, yeah. definitely some good yeah. moments uh, with Duca. But just, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. It's it, it just, it's interesting because I think, and adding to the Hercules, I think it's, it's smart of him to jump into that conversation as well because it's a moment that comes back time and time again and adding all this, like, part of the story to it and makes it bigger, you know? Yeah. It, it gives it more uh, color to say some way. So it's definitely one of the fan favorites, I think. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. <laughs> All right. So just to just to wrap up the podcast, we have just like a a couple more minutes or a few more minutes here. Um, thoughts on any of the other remaining Liga Mekis games this weekend? We've got Pachuca Toluca. We've got Puebla versus Querétaro, Juarez versus Atlas, Chivas versus Mazatlan, and Pumas versus Necaxa. What kind of what kind of stands out to you from those games? I think the Pachuca Toluca is going to be a good one. Um... And uh, I I don't know. I'm interested to see the Chivas Mazatlan as well, especially after what happened at Clasico. And you know, it's 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 interesting to see Mazatlan playing the bigger uh, teams and their performance. And I think there's going to be quite a surprise in that game. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm going to be very interested to see what happens because I feel like it's going to give us a lot to talk about. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. And I think that at least for me when I'm looking at this weekend, I mean just yeah, Chivas Mazatlan, I think they have Chivas have to bounce back here. You know, yeah. I think maybe maybe they'll have a little bit of momentum after the recent uh El Tree camp where, you know, you had a number of Chivas players taking part in that. Um yeah, Pumas Necaxa. I mean, I guess I guess a game against the worst team in the league, you know, is is <laughs> You know, is, is the first is the first thing that Pumas could really use. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. definitely a, a good opportunity for them. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm also interested in, in Quadras versus Atlas because I don't know Quadras are undefeated in their last three, so maybe there's a little bit of a Marco Fabian effect there. I don't know. Like it, they they've been doing all right. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised to see them in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, this is gonna be it's gonna be an interesting jornada. I I mean, they all seem like good games. There's maybe uh, I would say Puebla and Querétaro is the one that's like the one that's not getting my attention so far. Um, but the rest of them seems like games we definitely should watch. 
Most definitely, most definitely. And then, uh, but Sugar Birds to look. I mean, there's a chance that if you're listening to this, <laughs> the game might already be over since uh, we now have League of Mechies games on Thursday. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so there's a decent chance. Ooh, let's, oh, for fun, let's see. Let me try to predict. Let's see if people are actually, uh, let, let me actually try to predict. So let's say it's going to be two to one win for Pachuca, but Sambuesa is going to score for Toluca. And De La Rosa is going to get his first goal for Pachuca. There we go. <laughs> Let's see if that actually happens. That's great. So they know you're not saying it after you watch the final result. It's yeah. Yeah, four one p.m. Pacific time. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You're confirming it. <laughs> all right, all right, Manda. Thanks for thanks for joining us. And for those who 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 aren't already following you online, where where, where can they where can they follow you in your work? Uh, they can follow me at Mane Camelo, M-A-N, oh gosh, wow, I can't even speak, it's always talking in English, my brain is not functioning, it's probably, <laughs> it's, so it's at Mane Camelo, M-A-N-E-C-A-M-E-L-O, at Instagram and Twitter. Instagram and Twitter, so that's where you can follow her and her work, so that's it for us. Thanks. Thanks. You see, now you're confusing me. Now I'm overthinking how I'm talking. So thank you again to Mane. A uh, big thanks to producer Amy for posting these episodes. And of course, thank you to the listeners. Uh, if you haven't had a chance yet, we definitely love and appreciate all ratings reviews on Apple podcast. And if you want to connect with us through social media uh, or give us any feedback or any comments, um, you can follow us on Twitter at Mex soccer show and on Instagram at the Mexican soccer show. Thanks again. Until next time, we'll see you on the next episode. See you guys around.